I'm Ellis Hayes, this one. Welcome to Soul. James Baldwin. Earth, Wind & Fire. Stevie Wonder, Nikki Giovanni. Harry Belafonte. Al Green. Yo, this is every day. Imagine what Soul would have been like for a 20-year run. Los Angeles, Detroit, Newark. Cities across the country were erupting. There were so few positive African-American images on television. We needed to reimagine ourselves on this American landscape. Got any ideas, fellas? Live and in color from New York City, Soul. I'm Ellis Hayes, the producer of Soul. And we are happy to have you with us this evening. Ellis was a gardener, and he cultivated all of these people. Voices speaking to the problems of our time. Ellis said, if we're going to do something for the black community, it's got to be a lot deeper, jazzier, even more controversial. It's about time I hear something besides blondes have more fun. <laughs> Ellis already knew that black culture led, didn't pull. Baby. Lift down. Peace still, peace, peace still. Every superstition. I'm a girl, revolutionary the conversations he had between writers and poets of course you can lie to me treat me the same way you would treat him i can't treat you you must like you grin at him all day long you come on when i catch up because i love you i get least of you fake it with me i asked him why are you having rasan roland kirk on he said because he's crazy that program was so beyond its time that it was in time Soul was giving TV exposure to activist revolutionaries. They want me to go to Vietnam to shoot some black folks that never lynched me, never called me nigga. You're so much more than... Blacks all around the country say, yes. Stay high, sucker chump. You could do anything you wanted. The FBI was very, very disturbed by that. How did we get the trip? I said, Ellis, this is a piece of history. Let's fight for it. <laughs> There exists, as far as I know, no TV program that deals with my culture so completely, so freely, and so beautifully. There is nothing, nothing we cannot do. Black seeds keep on growing. And there's nothing but evolution in my show. You are listening to Genius and Soul. I'm Joseph Aleo. Genius and Soul is a weekly show featuring mixes lovingly handpicked from our guest DJs from the jazz and black classical music community and its many branches and roots. Today's guest DJ is writer, director, and producer Melissa Hazlip. We just heard the trailer for the 2018 award-winning film Mr. Soul the Movie, a documentary about her uncle Ellis Hazlip, the producer and host of Soul, a music and talk program that aired on public television from 1968 to 1973. You owe it to yourself to watch Mr. Soul the Movie, and you can stream it on HBO Max. Melissa's documentary covers five seasons of Soul and features archival footage of rare performances and interviews with guests Toni Morrison, James Baldwin, The Last Poets, Harry Belafonte, and many, many more. To quote Ellis Hazlip, the primary purpose of Soul is neither to educate nor entertain but to give people a chance to share in the black experience. The show must do that first, then it can educate and entertain. Soul makes blacks visible in a society where they have been largely invisible. We'll hear from Melissa in just a moment. We owe a debt to the musicians who make this show possible. And to this end, Genius and Soul are fundraising for the Jazz Foundation of America. 
The Jazz Foundation of America saves blues, jazz, and roots one musician at a time. When age, illness, or disaster threatens a long career, many have nowhere to turn. The Jazz Foundation of America offers life-saving programs to those musicians who have given us so much. And we urge you to give what you can. For more information, please visit jazzfoundation.org. Without further ado, please welcome today's guest DJ, Melissa Hazlip. Thank you, Joseph, for that lovely introduction. Hey now, I'm Melissa Hazlip. I'm a film producer, a film director, a writer, a songwriter, a musician, and a music enthusiast. I've always loved music, especially classical, jazz, soul, R&B, and hip-hop. You know, it's safe to say I've been slightly obsessed with all of these styles of music for my entire life, pretty much. I grew up in a musical family. My father, Dr. Harold Hazlip, played the piano, and he had these huge hands that could span well beyond a third past an octave. He played everything from Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata to the Black National Anthem, lift every voice and sing. And Dad always loved to sing with a sonorous voice, and he would whistle, and he would sing with my mother, Shirley Taylor Hazlip. And so on my mom's side, there was his first cousin, the great jazz pianist and educator, Dr. Billy Taylor. Billy's dad and my mom's dad were brothers, so Billy Taylor was always over at our house, just like all the time. And Billy would always ask me how my practicing was going, and though I'd gone to Interlochen and studied classical piano for over 12 years and was competing in concerto competitions, I still could not play jazz or improvise to save my life. Needless to say, growing up having Billy Taylor as my cousin had a tremendous influence on me. And kept me practicing and going to Oscar Peterson concerts, hoping Billy and Oscar's brilliant improv skills would somehow miraculously rub off on me or be absorbed into me through osmosis. I fell in love with all the music I couldn't play. Herbie Hancock, Bill Evans, Thelonious Monk, Duke Ellington, and of course, beyond jazz piano, I fell in love with and memorized albums by Milt Jackson, the MJQ, Mingus, Miles, Lee Morgan, Sarah Vaughn with Clifford Brown, Billie Holiday with Prez, Max Roach, Lionel Hampton, Johnny Hartman and John Coltrane album was always on the stereo. Like there were two copies, since each one had a scratch on the opposite side. Ella Fitzgerald, you know, Earl Father Hines. <sighs> when I was little, my uncle on my dad's side, Ellis Hayslip, was living with us in New York City on the Upper West Side on West End Avenue and 80th Street, just around the corner from Zabar's. And I actually used to ride my tricycle to Zabar's with my dad to get bagels in the morning. And while my uncle Ellis was living with us, he was actually producing and hosting a groundbreaking television show on PBS called Soul. That's S-O-U-L with an exclamation point. And the exclamation point is key. So Soul aired from 1968 to 1973, and since I was too young to go to the tapings, my uncle would bring home records from the artists who were appearing on the show. The LPs always had like one of the corners cut off, you know, so you knew it was a promo. I still have my albums he gave me 
from the Delphonics and later Luther Vandross. I, I kept everything. And sometimes Uncle Ellis would bring home the artists themselves, and they'd all sit around the kitchen table with Ellis holding court and everyone eating oatmeal with strawberries and whipped cream at midnight. I, of course, would be under the table, taking it all in, trying to hide, not to be snatched away by my parents and put back in bed since it was way past my bedtime. And it, it wouldn't even be until years later that I realized I'd been bouncing on James Earl Jones's knee or hanging out under the feet of Melba Moore or getting my cheek pinched by the singer Clifton Davis. Ellis Hazlip was working with the record labels and, and helping them to promote black music and elevate not only the famous artists, but especially the jazz artists, you know, since jazz had very little visibility at the time. And in the few years before Soul Train debuted in 1971, Soul started out airing as a live local show on WNDT, which became the national education television service. Now it's known as WNET, the flagship PBS station of New York. And when it went national, and broadcasted in many television markets. It was across the country nationwide, and it was a showcase for black artists of all mediums and the brainchild of an unsung hero, a producer and a curator of the culture, Ellis Hazlip. Now, he'd been a product of Howard University and the black arts movement of the 60s in Harlem, and our film, Mr. Soul, is a tribute to Ellis Hazlip's genius, his legacy, and his advocacy and mentorship of black talent. Our film is a love letter to black culture. There were so many artists and activists who made their television debut on Soul. Nikki Giovanni interviewing James Baldwin, Roberta Flack for the first time, Earth, Wind and Fire for the first time, even Arsenio Hall performing magic tricks when he was only 16 years old. And Ellis Hazlip featured amazing jazz musicians and gave them an entire episode to play hour-long sets with no interruptions. There was this Blue Note show, and it featured Lee Morgan playing his last televised performance just like three weeks before he died. And he was performing with Harold Mayburn and Freddie Waits on drums, and Horace Silver was on that episode, and Andy and Salome Bay and flautist Bobby Humphrey. And Ellis also had Thelonious Monk on this show. Can you imagine? It's like a rare appearance with his son, T.S. Monk, on drums. Then there was little Jimmy Scott, Carmen McRae, Odetta. Oh my gosh, uh, Bobby Hebb, Ron Carter, McCoy Tyner, and Amiri Baraka with the Pharoah Sanders ensemble backing him up. And then there were brilliantly misunderstood artists like Rasan Roland Kirk or Spike Lee's father, Bill Lee, conducting the New York Bass Violin Choir. And King Curtis and the Kingpins were the house band. I mean, it was just, it was an embarrassment of riches, you know? This was revolutionary. You just didn't see black jazz artists like this during that time. You know, you would hear them on the radio, or if you were lucky enough to be able to afford a ticket to the Blue Note or the Village Vanguard, but you didn't see them on TV before Seoul. And he even had Herbie Hancock on there with his M1 Dishi lineup. Man, I wish I could have seen that. 
That episode must have been amazing. It was October 13, 1971, and there's a picture of it as the centerpiece of Bob Luck's book. You'll know when you get there. And you can actually see Herbie Hancock with Buster Williams, let's see, Benny Mopin, Billy Hart, and of course the great Eddie Henderson and, and Julian Priester. So we wanted to evoke that era, so we collaborated with the brilliant composer Robert Glasper, who, who really comes from jazz and gospel, and he has a passion for composing and just this ability to recreate all the varying styles of music. And with iconic artists performing live on the series, such as Patti LaBelle, Stevie Wonder, Gladys Knight, Al Green, Earth, Wind & Fire, the soundscape for the film was like already transcendent, you know? And our unique challenge was to create a score to complement and organically support the storyline and its rich archival performance soundtrack without actually competing with that existing music from the show. And the music is treated like a character in our film. And with, what was it, 142 music cues in the film, the score was essential as a through line for the story, you know, providing the connective tissue between the five seasons of Soul. So our Mr. Soul soundtrack dropped in September 2021. It's actually the first release on Hillman Grad Recordings, which is Lena Waithe's new record label, under Def Jam for UMG Recordings. And the single, which we'll be playing for you in a few minutes, is called Show Me Your Soul. It's written and performed by Robert Glasper and Layla Hathaway. And it's also written by the amazing songwriter Muhammad Ayers and myself. I have a little bit of uh, work to do on there. And now the soundtrack, music from and inspired by the motion picture Mr. Soul, is streaming on Amazon, Apple Music Playlist, Tidal Playlist, Pandora Playlist, basically everywhere. Now, if you want to watch the film, Mr. Soul is now streaming on HBO Max. If you want to find us online, check out the website at mrsoulmovie.com. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, the film's page is at Mr. Soul the Movie. You can also follow my personal Twitter, which is at M Hazlip. Okay, so now we're going to hear nine tracks from the Mr. Soul soundtrack, plus a few more we weren't able to put on there by artists who are all featured in the eponymous documentary. I'm also going to share a few of my favorite jazz tracks that are featured in the film or were originally performed live on the Soul series. So let's get it. We're going to open today's show with Show Me Your Soul by Robert Glasper, Layla Hathaway, Muhammad Ayers, and myself. This song was actually shortlisted for the Oscars last year in 2021 for Best Original Song. And throughout the film, together with Robert Glasper and the musicians, we created conceptual musical ideas, special musical themes and variations for each character. So the theme from this song appears throughout the vignettes exploring the internal thoughts of our protagonist, Ellis Hazlip, in his own words, culminating in this sweeping montage at the end and rides out through the credits. But what's really cool is the film starts with the King of Soul, Donny Hathaway, and ends with the first daughter of soul, Layla Hathaway. Do you know who you are? Where you come from and what you possess? 
song we'll hear is The Ghetto by Donny Hathaway. Donny Hathaway actually performed this live version of the song on The Soul Show on May 14, 1970. Yes, this is the ghetto Shown up now Oh, uh-huh. 
The next song we'll hear is Express Yourself by Charles Wright and the Watts 103rd Street Rhythm Band. I just always loved this song growing up, you know, such an iconic vibe from the era. And we knew we had to have this song since it really represents what everyone was fighting for during that time. Black liberation, freedom of expression, black joy. It's all there. I love this song. Uh, spread yourself, uh, spread yourself, uh, spread 
So this next song is the Harold Arlen and Yip Harburg classic, Over the Rainbow, performed by Ms. Patti LaBelle. She was actually the first musical guest on Soul on the series premiere September 12, 1968. And that night, the song was originally performed live by Sarah Dash, Nona Hendricks, and Patricia Holt, also known as Patti LaBelle and the Bluebells. Of course, they would later become LaBelle, and this song became Ms. Patty's trademark. You know, we just lost Sarah Dash on September 20th, 2021, so I'd like to dedicate the song to her with love.
The next song we'll hear is Grazing in the Grass by Hugh Masekela and the Union of South Africa. They appeared on Soul and played this song on November 10th, 1971. Ellis Hazlip joined forces with Harry Belafonte to play a big part in bringing over South African artists who were expats or in exile at the time, like Miriam Makeba, Leta Mbulu, and the poet Keorapetse Ositsile, who's actually the father of, wait for it, <laughs> music legacy alert, the rapper Earl Sweatshirt who's one of the later members um, from the music collective Odd Future and also collabs with a producer who's also, I think, Eminem's official DJ, The Alchemist. Yeah, so this song, this is such a vibe. So this next song is one of my favorites, If I Were Your Woman, written by Pam Sawyer, Clay McMurray, and Gloria Jones, and performed 
by the one and only Gladys Knight and the Pips, who appeared on Soul and performed the song live on February 9th, 1972, exactly 50 years ago this month. I mean, with all these artists who appeared on Soul, it was like the Black Tonight Show meets versus battle. <laughs> Seriously, no cap. If I were your woman, if you were my woman, and you were my man, mm-hmm. yeah, she tears you down, darling, says you're nothing at all. Okay, we're going to take you all the way back with this next song, Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time by the Delphonics, who sang this song live on Soul on April 16, 1970. So this song did not originate from Tarantino's 1997 Jackie Brown soundtrack. It's actually a classic, and it, it won a Grammy Award for 
Best R&B Vocal Performance by a Duo or Group. And this was the second record that Ellis Hazlett brought home for me from Soul. I think the first record was, he gave me, was the, ah, the great drummer, yeah, the percussionist, Denny Zulu, after he appeared on Soul. Anyways, I stared at this Delphonics album cover for hours, for days. And even though I was super young, I loved it so much. I think I actually slept on top of it so no one could take it from me. <laughs> the Delphonics, The Sound of Sexy Soul. Three men, William Pooji Hart, William Hart, and Randy Kane. Major Harris joined the group later, I think. Yeah. These guys, wow in their rust-colored morning coats with white ruffled collars and black satin cummerbunds standing against a navy blue background framed by a black album cover. Wow, just fire.
The next song we'll hear is I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel to Be Free by my cousin, the late Dr. Billy Taylor. Two great stories about this song. So Billy Taylor was a dear friend and colleague of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and often traveled with and played for him before events and, and sometimes before marches. Dr. King would actually request this song to inspire the crowd and get them hyped, you know, get them in the mood. And Dr. King would say, play that gospel song. You know the one I like. So I Wish I Knew How It Feels to Be Free was Dr. King's favorite song by Billy Taylor. And we interviewed Billy at his home on Capox Street in Riverdale, where I'd spent so much time as a kid when he just launched Jazzmobile at the time. And so Billy sat down at his piano and started vamping it. He was playing the song so beautifully, and, and we were shooting B-roll. And so, of course, the producer and me, I'm worrying about licensing and clearances. And I said, wait, 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 stop. Please, please, please don't play anything so recognizable. I begged him kind of sheepishly, Billy, please, maybe play something that we can actually afford. And Billy Taylor looked at me and laughed and said, don't worry, I own this song. I own all my songs. And turns out he was one of the few black musicians in history who had been a very shrewd businessman and owned all of his masters from the beginning. And that was like mind-blowing, you know? And Quincy Jones even talks about Billy in Quincy's own memoir about learning from Billy how important it was to be, you know, to become a better businessman beyond musicianship. Sadly, Billy Taylor never got to see Mr. Soul because he passed right after we interviewed him in 2010. So I'd like to dedicate this to my cousin, Billy Taylor, who also played this song on the premiere episode of Soul on September 12, 
The next song we'll hear is such a vibe, Chocolate Buttermilk by Cool and the Gang. The song came out in 1968, and the band performed this song on Soul almost two years later on April 2nd, 1970. And we interviewed Robert's brother, Ronald Bell, also known as Khalees Bayan, for the movie. And rest in peace, man, we lost him just last year. I got to meet Robert Bell on a Zoom panel last October, and I had to restrain myself from having a total fangirl moment since Cool and the Gang were the soundtrack of my life, especially the earlier tracks before they started singing and, and getting more commercial sound, like the Wild and Peaceful LP from 1973. And you know, they used to play the weekly jazz night at the Blue Note Lounge in Jersey with McCoy Tyner and Pharaoh Sanders. So this one's going out to you, Khalees Bayan. The next song we'll hear is Don't Turn Around by the longest continually together black R&B boy band in history that still has its original members, Black Ivory. The guys from Black Ivory are really close to the guys from Cool and the Gang as well, and this song's written by Patrick Adams, and we really wanted this song for the soundtrack, but we couldn't track down the master in time, so it is in the film. And what's cool about this song is that Black Ivory is from Harlem. So Leroy Burgess, Stuart Bascombe, and Russell Patterson, they were only in the 11th grade when they sang this song on Soul. It's on the episode called The Young People Show from March 1st, 
1972. And one of my favorite lines from the whole movie is when Stuart Bascom talks about the importance of looking sharp and getting his hair done by Diane, the hairdresser on set, and prepping for their appearance on Soul. And he says, it was the most perfect Afro cut I've ever had in my life. Coming up next is Backlash Blues by the incredible Nina Simone, with lyrics from a poem actually written by Langston Hughes. 
This is actually the 2005 remix of that song. And I had to have the song in the film because it was the most iconic, most emblematic anti-Vietnam black protest song from that era. And Nina Simone never actually appeared on Soul, the series, but she did make her premiere at the Lincoln Center concert that Ellis Hazel produced for his Black Arts Festival called Soul at the Center, which happened in 1972 and again in 1973. Nina Simone opened it in 1972, and then it was, um, oh, Tina Turner, Ike and Tina Turner, who opened in 1973. But Ellis Hazel absolutely adored Nina Simone, and his favorite album of hers was Baltimore. And if you haven't seen Quest Loves John, Summer of Soul, oh, I encourage you to check it out. It's so amazing. And you can actually see Nina Simone singing this song live at the Harlem Cultural Festival from 1969. Yeah, yeah. Now, last year this time, Langston Hughes left us. He told me to make sure that I sang this song everywhere I went. And I told him that I would, because he wasn't going to be here to say it anymore, my good friend. my son to be at NAM. He give me second class houses, second class schools. Do you think that all colored people are just second class fools? Mr. Backlash. I'm gonna leave you with the blues. Yes, I am. But the world is big, big and bright and round. And simple of other folks like me who are black, yellow, beige, and brown. Mr. Backlash, I'm gonna leave you with the blues, yes I am. Yeah, me now. I'm wanting you. 
The next song will be The Inflated Tear by Rasan Roland Kirk. So The Inflated Tear is also the title track of the studio album by Rasan Roland Kirk. I think it was released on Atlantic in 1968. And then they re-released it in 1998, I think on Rhino. And that one actually featured a bonus track, which is great, and, and these really extensive liner notes. This song is really unique, and it happens to be like number 170 on a list that came out in 2017 of, of the 200 best albums of the 1960s. And Mr. Kirk made playing three horns like more than like a gimmick. It was actually part of his artistic expression. It was really specific for him. And he, so he played the tenor sax, the manzello, and the stritch all at the same time. It was bananas. And not only was this guy blind, but he was a genius. And in the film, we show an excerpt where he's playing this song and he gets so manic that he breaks a bridge chair. He just rips it up with his own bare hands right there in the middle of his set. Ah, and Ellis just loved it. You know, Ellis just thought it was so avant-garde and so amazing. And it's, it's just one of the highlights of the film. It's so. And tonight, the sound Roland Kirk and the Vibration Society. With Ron Burton on piano, Art Perry, percussion. Pete Pearson on bass. Robert Shai drums. Rasan Roland Kirk. And tonight's host, the producer of Soul, Ellis Hazel. penultimate song will be the classic Tired of Being Alone by the Reverend Al Green. We actually opened the film with the song and it was so exciting to learn that Stan Lathan had directed the Al Green episode and he said that when Al showed up to the studios for the camera rehearsal, it was February 1972 and the Reverend Al was just young and 
and scrappy, and he looked kind of rough and, and hungry. And as Stan Latham said, he looked like he hadn't been home. <laughs> and in those days, you know, you could easily stay out all night clubbing in New York City. So I just love this song, and uh, it's it's probably one of the most iconic episodes ever from the Soul series, so check it out. song will be Superstition by one of, if not the world's greatest musicians, the inimitable Stevie Wonder. Because, of course, Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Stevie appeared on Soul with his band Wonder Love, and he was singing his song a few days before Christmas on December 20th, 1972. And if you look closely in the film, standing right behind Stevie at the piano is a very young guitar player by the name of Ray Parker Jr., who, of course, is best known for writing the theme song from Ghostbusters. Ray Parker Jr. is actually also playing that killer guitar solo on Stevie Wonder's Maybe Your Baby track from Stevie's Talking Book album, which brings us back to our closing song, also from the Talking Book LP, which had just dropped on October 28, 1972, just two months prior to this 
live performance on Soul. So Stan Lathan, who directed the Wonder Love episode, he tells this great story about how Stevie was so into superstition that it just went on and on and on and on and on. And they even ran out of tape. And they didn't tell Stevie. And he just kept playing because he was so excited by the vibes from the audience on Soul. And they had to change those big two-inch reels, you know, and, and keep going. Even the sound man told me when I interviewed him that same exact story. Can you imagine? I mean, how lit that must have been. Enjoy Superstition. And thanks so much for listening tonight. Again, I'm Melissa Hazlip, and I really enjoyed being your guest DJ. Happy Black History Month, and in the words of Ellis Hazlip, it's been beautiful.
We just heard Melissa Hazlip's mix for Genius and Soul. We began today's show with Show Me Your Soul by Layla Hathaway and Robert Glasper, followed by The Ghetto by Donny Hathaway. From Charles Wright and the Watts 103rd Street Rhythm Band, we heard Express Yourself, and Over the Rainbow was by Patti LaBelle and the Bluebells. We also heard Hugh Masekela with Grazing in the Grass and the single version of If I Were Your Woman by Gladys Knight and the Pips. From the Delphonics, we heard Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time, followed by I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel to Be Free by the Billy Taylor Trio, and Chocolate Buttermilk was by Cool and the Gang. Following Cool and the Gang, we heard Don't Turn Around by Black Ivory, and Backlash Blues was by Nina Simone. We also heard Rasan Roland Kirk perform The Inflated Tear on the September 22nd, 1972 episode of Soul. From Al Green, we heard Tired of Being Alone, and Melissa closed her mix with Superstition by Stevie Wonder. You can find Melissa online on Twitter at mhazlip. You can learn more about Mr. Soul the Movie at mrsoulmovie.com. And you can find today's playlist on our show notes at Genius and Soul. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Genius and Soul. This week in our Twitter account, Veteran Podcaster, OG radio blogger and lifelong music enthusiast EJ Flavors will post a song a day that you really need to hear. Now, some of the songs you might already know and love, but some might become new favorites. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit us at patreon.com slash geniusandsoul. You can listen to Genius and Soul every Sunday from 8.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on bonfireradio.com. You can also hear us on Taint Radio Sundays at 7 p.m. and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard. Join us next week when our guest DJ will be trumpeter, singer, and composer Sarah Wilson. The theme that I wanted to hit upon was coming, well, we're not really coming out of COVID, but hopefully we are, was just the transformative and healing power of music for me and the kind of meditative quality. When I listen to music that really draws me in, I probably listen to a track for hundreds or thousands of times and it just takes me to another place and calms me and inspires me. And so I chose music with that theme in mind. And I wanted to take you on a journey that has been an important journey for me through these pieces that I've listened to a lot. For Melissa Hazlip and Genius and Soul, I'm Joseph Aleo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>